Hello and welcome to the Life After Blindness Spotlight. This is the podcast where I interview someone connected to the blind and visually impaired community. Join me as we explore their journey with a life after blindness or with the community. This week's guest comes to us from kid-friendly software, the developer of the Blindfold Games series, Marty Schultz. Hello and welcome to the Life After Blindness Spotlight. I'm your host, Tim Schwartz, and I want to thank you very much for joining me on this special edition of the podcast. As always, you can find the show notes to this episode by visiting lifeafterblindness.com. And if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, please send your emails to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. Many of you may be familiar with today's guest if you play any games on your Apple iPhone. My guest today has developed almost 80 games and apps for the iPhone. But the future of these games is now in jeopardy. Apple has recently instituted a new rule that affects their app store that will prevent my guest today from not only adding new apps to the app store, but also will prevent him from updating the games and apps that he currently has released. Today, from Kid Friendly Software, the developer of the Blindfold game series, my guest is Marty Schultz. Marty, thank you so much for coming on to talk to us about this. Well, thank you for inviting me. So, Marty, before we get into the issue at hand and what's going on, I do want to take a step back and allow you an opportunity to talk about these games, the Blindfold uh, games and kid-friendly software. Start off by telling me, how did you begin with this? What what started you in developing these games? It was an interesting story. If we go way back, I was watching my daughter uh, make her birthday wish list uh, like every day she'd get out a piece of paper and write up her, her list of what she wanted for her birthday. And um, she's not visually impaired or anything, but every day there would be a new list. And I thought I should write an app for that. And I thought I could either create the app and then focus test it with her friends or make it a learning experience for kids at her uh, grade school. So I contacted the head of school and told them I want to build this app. I'm going to work with the kids and show them how to build it three days a week for about an hour a day over the course of six weeks. And the head of school was really happy for me to volunteer like that. We built the app. It was called Wish to List. We launched with the App Store. And while the app didn't do that well there, the kids learned a lot about how to do app development. The head of school comes back to me and say, can you run the after school club again? And by the way, would you mind teaching the middle schoolers how to do programming after you drop off your daughter each morning. And I naturally agreed. When I met with the kids in the app club, I said, they said they want to do something different, but they, they want to do a game. And I was thinking to myself, well, I don't want to have to pay a graphic artist thousands of dollars to design screens. I don't mind doing the programming, but I want to avoid that. And one of the kids said, why don't you make a driving game for blind people? That doesn't need a screen. Wait a minute, this came came from a kid? How old is this kid? I think uh, the kid was like in sixth or seventh grade. Wow. Yeah. So we started designing out the game, and I had the kids actually uh, emulate how the game would work, where I put one kid um, in the middle of the room, and I told the boy, okay, you keep going, moo, 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 like a cow. And then I took one of the other students and I put a blindfold on her and I said, I want you to walk up to the boy, but walk around him and but don't bump into him. And she did. And, and she learned how people can get around without seeing. So we started designing the game on the iPhone, and the iPad, where you 
you listen to the music on the track. If it gets too loud in the left ear or the right ear, that means you're getting too close to the fence on the left or, or the right side of the road. And then you try to either gain prizes in the middle of the road by aiming for them or avoid farm animals in the road. And that game was launched as Blindfold Racer. It quickly jumped to the top of AppleViz's accessibility app list and started hearing from hundreds of visually impaired people about how wonderful the game was. And they wanted me to make more and more games. And as I started meeting people and talking to them about it, I met somebody from the Perkins School for the Blind who wanted me to build a blackjack game. Somebody else wanted me to build a Sudoku game. So I was just doing like a game once a month or so. And I started this back in about 2013. And here we are, 2017, towards the end of the year. And I think I've published something like 80 games from board games to sports games to casino games to TV game show games to word games and puzzle games. So chances are, if you can think of a game, I've already done it. And it's interesting how something that you just want to develop really for sighted children to have a, a game that they could play and learn and have this experience. And, and I love that it was the, the idea of, of somebody that young to, to do it that way. You've come from that to developing all these games, as you said, maybe 80 games or so for the blind and visually impaired community. And truly it has been a community effort, hasn't it? You were talking about how some people have asked for this type of game or that type of game. And you really have had a large interaction from the community asking for games, suggesting games, helping you develop new different types of games really has been a partnership with the community, hasn't it? Oh, definitely. About once a year, I put out a survey of what games next and I get some great ideas from people who want a certain type of game. And I kind of just go from the top of the list down of the the most popular games. And I have about 50 to 100 beta testers across the world. Most are blind, some are low vision. Um, and they will, you know, I'll put a game out there for about two months and they completely rip it apart and give me suggestions on how to improve it. It turns into a, a, a very high quality, stable game. And each game kind of gives me, I'll explore some new piece of technology. So each game lets me make the next games better. That's why if you look at my very early games compared to my more recent games, you can just see that there's far better. I, I was working on a game recently, which right now I can't release yet, but it's a version of Name That Tune. And I had so many suggestions for what types of music to put out there and what genres to use, what decades of music to go after. And, and people just absolutely love this game as, as a way to uh, win prizes and uh, have a great time. Well, it's a shame that right now you're not even able to release that game because that definitely is a game I'd, I'd like to play. I think that'd be a lot of fun. So on that note, then let's fast forward a little bit. Talk with me about Apple's new App Store rules and uh, how it's affecting the kid-friendly series of games. Sure. About three weeks ago, um, I released updates for uh, Blindfold Hopper, Blindfold Craps, and Blindfold Horse Race, which are all really different games. And all three were rejected by Apple for the reason that uh, they felt the games were too similar, and they have a new rule that says if if things are really similar, you should combine all the game all the apps together and have just one app. And from Apple's perspective, that makes a lot of sense. For example, if you're building a podcast app, and it's the same podcast app, but you produce a new app for each and every podcast, then it's kind of silly to have thirty different apps for thirty different podcasts. In that case, Apple would say the only thing that differs from app to app is the is the cloud-based podcast you should put that all into one app and then just have a main menu that lets you choose between the different podcast sources they basically put me into the same category and said well you have all these games they all seem similar 
So why don't you put them all into, you know, the same app? And I, this, I we were kind of communicating over um, messaging or in the application process. And I went back to them and said, no, these games are all different. Um, the three that you rejected, for example, a horse racing game where you, you, you race your horse by uh, walking your fingers on the screen has nothing to do with a game where you're a frog jumping from boat to boat, which has nothing to do with playing the casino game, the dice game, craps. Right. They went back and said, well, the games are really similar. You know, combine them all. And I said, no, this makes no sense to me. They said, okay, somebody from the Apple will get back to you in the next three to five days. About 10 days later, I heard from somebody and we talked for about a half hour. And the conclusion was you should redo all your games so that you only have five or six games. Uh, for example, you should come out with one game that's just casino games and one game that's just board games. And I said, firstly, that would make the games much harder to navigate. And I'll get into that in a minute. And secondly, that sounds like a lot of busy work for me because what happens when I release a game is the game is very popular for about three months. That's when all the downloads and the purchases occur. And then after that, it, basically nobody, very few new people will ever download the game. So what they're asking me to do is reinvest hundreds of hours into games that by putting this effort into the game would never even matter economically or create any new downloads. So instead of building new games, they're asking me to go back and do this, do this old stuff just to be compliant with their rules. Secondly, if I do this to the game, suddenly these apps become much, much bigger and a lot of people are on fixed income. So they don't have the, the biggest phones with the most storage. So suddenly my, you know, you, you can pull down a game and suddenly it's eating up a lot more storage on your phone than makes sense. Thirdly, when you start combining a whole bunch of games together, the navigation through these games becomes really complex. And when you combine a bunch of games together, people tend to only look at the first two or three items in the menu of games. A lot of people who are less proficient on using um, mobile devices won't ever really scroll the menus down or get there. So they'll never even know these other games are part of it. I had about two or three other issues I brought up with Apple, but... I had very little progress. And where we left the call was the guy basically told me, if you commit to getting down to just a handful of games, we'll let you continue to release updates. And once that's done, we'll let you come out with new games. But unless you commit to that, we're not going to, you know, no more of your games will be approved, either, even as updates. Their final word on this, at least for now, is because of the amount of games you have, because you won't consolidate, not only are you not allowed to even submit a new game to the App Store, but you're not allowed to update the current games. Is that correct? That was what he said to me. And you know, I kind of went back and I wanted to completely understand his, his position. Now, I heard back from somebody over at the Apple Accessibility Desk uh, earlier today, and I talked to her for about a half hour, and she said I should appeal with, with Apple. And I have you know, sent them a three-page appeal. So maybe that'll have some effect. Um, I think she only got wind of this because a bunch of people have called the Apple Accessibility Desk to complain about it. But um, I think the more Apple hears from people, maybe it will help the situation. Um, and Apple will say, yes, in this case, it doesn't make sense to have all these games combined into a couple of apps. Remember, some of my games apply only to really young kids, some only to seniors, some pe to people who have barely used an iPhone at all and they're just learning their gestures. So when you when you go across all these different groups of people, it's hard to isolate things down to say, okay, here's a set of games that just appeal to one set so we can 
So even though it's a waste of time, we can still you know, kind of merge them together. And I'm willing to bet when you started this about what, four years ago or so, when you started the Blindfold Racer, you probably hadn't really conceived that in a few short years, you would have 80 games varying all different types of genres and types and uh, and, and even, even have this kind of an issue. Did you ever think that that would even be conceivable? I also didn't think that I'd have five to 10,000 game fans who actually care about what I'm doing. Well, there's that as well. Yeah, it was, it was probably not even not even on your mind to think, well, you know, in four years or any time I'm going to have 80 games, card games, casino, you know, racing, like all you said. And then, yes, have such a big fan base and all these different followers and people wanting more games, clamoring for more games. And so even if you had thought in the beginning, well, I'll just release a casino all-in-one game and a cards all-in-one game and a racing all-in-one game, you would have probably never even conceived to have done that from the beginning, ever thinking this would even be an issue. No, of course not. Um, these kind, you know, each game is, you know, I say, you know, I, I look at what people want. I watch the emails. Say, hey, why don't I wonder how hard it would be to build this? You know, I wonder how hard it is to build a version of Monopoly that is fun to play. I wonder how hard it is to build a Braille version of Wheel of Fortune. Things like that. So, and then I would just kind of go through it, try it, put it out to my testers, and they would say, well, you got about twenty percent of the game right, but here's the really awkward part you have to fix. As we've talked about, this is a partnership with the community, probably more so than any other game developer has, because it is a fluid situation with you posing questions, your, your developers, or even uh, the community itself posing posing suggestions and things like that. And so because of the fluid nature of the way you develop the games, there would have never been a way really for you to lump these in as you went along. That's true as well. And and. And had I not gotten all the feedback from people along the way, there was no way the games could be as good as they are. I've learned from people. And I think even in the most recent game, um, we did uh, Blindfold Bop Gesture. And that game actually came out of a suggestion of somebody I met at the uh, Braille Institute in Los Angeles. It happened to be out there. And he said, can you do a version of Bop It? And then he started explaining explaining to me the problem he has when he's teaching people in his community, seniors usually, on how to use mobile devices, and they can't even get the gestures correct. I did the game. We went, you know, it was pretty much of a hit and amongst the testers. And then I get um, an email from one of the testers who's an IT manager as well. He said he's also a TVI, a teacher of the visually impaired, and he would like an even simpler main menu because at the point where people start using that game – they can't. They don't even know how to do things like uh, double tapping and scrolling within a menu. He just wants things to be super trivial and use my gestures to control the whole thing, not even use voiceover. And I could see that type of app or that type of game being extraordinarily useful, especially like you said, for a person or even children who aren't able or don't know yet how to use certain gestures and be able to help them in doing that and simplifying the menus in order to do that. So again, something totally different than, than even other apps or games that you've put out. Exactly. And now I'm starting to hear from a lot more teachers of the visually impaired who say, hey, can you do a game like uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, but put in our parts of our curriculum into it so we could ha have the kids could have more fun either learning Braille or learning other things um, because there aren't those type of accessible games um, normally available on the App Store. Sounds to me like the direction of kid-friendly software and the Blindfold series of games isn't just necessarily games anymore. I know, like you said, that you you started doing Braille with things like the, the Wheel of Fortune type game. And now it sounds like 
with these requests and these discussions, you're looking even to, in the more educational type games with these curriculums in something like a, a who wants to be a millionaire type game. And so if it wasn't for this rule that they're trying to make you abide by, you would actually be moving not completely from the games, but into a more educational uh, medium for the blind and visually impaired as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the way I look at it is the games are fun to build and all, and I will keep doing that, but if there's a real need within the education space for um, accessible apps that include gamification, but much faster and easier to use, that's almost a completely different market because um, now we'll have schools coming to us and saying, can you handle this? Here's part of our curriculum. Can we somehow upload the curriculum into your system and then have it be able to help with our kids? And all that is is directions that I think this could have gone in were it not for the Apple rules. Absolutely. I think that that would be an amazing direction to take the Blindfold Game series. Obviously, like you said, continue to develop games as, as you are able to uh, come up with new ideas and the community helps you with new ideas. And obviously, try not to stop developing games if possible, but to move it into that educational realm and help blind schools to to do that and, and upload curriculums, like you said. And that could even go even further, not just blind schools. It could be just schools in general to have curriculums updated. I, I don't know of very many apps that, that can do something like that. So I think that would be an amazing venture, not just for yourself, of course, but as something that can really give back even bigger to, to the community than just games. Well, hopefully, like I, I've been saying to a number of people today, hopefully Apple will change their mind. So on that note, then, what can we do? What What is it that the community can do at large to help you to see about getting Apple to change their mind? I, there are two things, which is one, obviously contact Apple at any way they can. But secondly, if they know of any media broadcasters, uh, podcasters, uh, bloggers in mainstream media, that might drive a little more attention to this. So if people are connected at all, with, they know a reporter, a local reporter, something like that, uh, to draw some attention to it, I think that will start to gather steam. I would imagine some of the people at the Apple Accessibility Desk are starting to get some emails and seeing some commonality here. Again, I don't know, but that's one area. That, and, and if people are going to post, maybe post in not just um, forums um, that focus on the visually impaired, but maybe general Apple forums that might ca catch some people's attention. And then Marty, of course, if anybody wants to get in direct contact with you, whether they want to speak with you more about this or, uh, you know, get your information or follow your, your website and all that, how can people get a hold of you? I answer almost every email I get. You can reach me in a variety of ways. I have a blog at blindfoldgames.org. I blog about twice a week. They can follow me on Twitter, which is at Blindfold Games. And of course, they can always email me, Marty at BlindfoldGames.org. Very good, Marty. Well, I thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about this in your own words. I thought it was very important to get out there to the community as soon as possible so we can work together to try to convince Apple that, that this isn't the case to, uh, to push this rule. So thank you so very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for inviting me again. Thank you very much for listening to the Life After Blindness Spotlight. If you would like to help Marty in his cause, please send emails to accessibility at apple.com or call Apple at 1-800-MY-APPLE. I have links to each of these in the show notes. You can find the show notes by visiting lifeafterblindness.com. And if you have any questions or comments for me, you can send those to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. 
Again, thanks for listening and take care.